Hello and welcome back to the Luke Meadows Experience. I'm your host, of course, as the name entails, Luke Meadows. Um, I'm glad you're back. Glad you're glad everyone is still listening at home and everything. I've, I've really enjoyed making all these and going to enjoy making another episode. So today's main focus is going to be centered around an, an evolving theme in my eyes in, in America. And I think this has always kind of been the case, but I think even now it is it is even more exacerbated. It it stems from it's it's America's distrust in authority, not just in government, but in authority. When you look at when you look at what's happening now with um the with coronavirus, you know authority figures are saying wear a mask. Americans don't really want to wear a mask. We have this kind of innate uh, innate nature to go against what authority figures and what government is telling us to do. Um, I think that's that's part of American. American freedom and liberty and patriotism, but I think it's a double-edged sword because when you look at a lot of other countries who have more trust in their government, such as South Korea, um, they recovered much better from coronavirus because they pretty much just did whatever their government told them to. Even, even I think it was what uh, Sweden, they didn't even shut anything down, but everyone followed like intense social distancing and they've kind of driven it into the ground. Um, and America obviously has an America is once again peaking. And so I think it's I think it's an interesting kind of kind of philosophy in, in America that we are so against government that we'll that we'll go against government even when they tell us something that's something is, is objectively right, such as wearing a mask. I think that, that is that is objectively the right thing to do. But people will still go against it because it, it, it infringes on their freedoms in, in their eyes. Um, and you see the same thing with, with everything pretty much in the Constitution, when, with, with guns, with freedom of speech, with, with everything. And I think that's what makes America great is, is our freedom and, and us being able to, you know, carry a gun wherever, or, you know, being able to say whatever we want and not get jailed. Um, I think we're actually the only country that has – like we 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 have the freest of speech laws in the in in the world because other like all other countries have hate speech laws and we don't. Um, so I think that is what makes America great: our our liberty, our freedom. But it's a double edged sword because once again, if the government does tell us something to do that is right, we will go against. It. I mean, and you're seeing the same thing of distrusting authority with the police. Of course, there is a growing distrust with police officers with the the Black Lives Matter movement getting started up again um and the 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 awful killing of George Floyd you have you have calls for police reform you have calls for defund the police you have calls for you know all cops are bastards you have you have all cops are bad you have calls for a lot of things and it's it's sad because when you look at a lot of areas that they've actually scaled back uh police you know, police presence, I guess, such as I think New York did it, Chicago even did it. I mean, their their crime is awful right now, um, and so, but but that doesn't fit. You know, the the narrative really that that all authority is bad, and we get that you get that on both sides. Honestly, you get you get um, a lot of Democrats who say that you know that the cops are bad or that um, you know Washington people are bad and you have a lot of a lot of republicans just say the government's terrible even though they they want to do a lot of things with the government but i kind of want to dive in and see where this distrust happens and and 
if we really should trust our authority and trust our government. Um, but so like, like I said, the distrust of American government stretches back to our founding. It, that is, it, that is entirely the reason that we are what we are is our distrust in government. We wanted to, wanted to get away from religious persecution. So we, we came to America and then we fought back against the, against the red, against the, the British and we won, we won our independence. And that is, I think, I mean, that's really the story of America is a distrust in tyranny, a distrust in government. And that's why the founding fathers wanted to have a constitution because they didn't want any, you know, any one government to grow, to, to grow as big as it was in Britain, which is funny because if they look at our government now, they'd probably be like, oh my God, that's, that's crazy. But that's, that is, that is America. That is our founding is is distrust in government. I mean, even Alexander Ham- Hamilton in the Federalist Papers said there is an unequivocal experience of the inefficiency of subsisting federal government, pretty much saying that there, government is always inefficient. Government is always bad. I mean, this is this is back in the 1700s, guys, and it it, it, it still permeates through Amer- through America today, through the Constitution, through through everything that we have, through all the institutions that we have, because frankly, a lot of, a lot of American institutions were built on tearing other people down. And so I wouldn't trust these institutions. I think that's one of the big things for on the, on the, on the left leaning side is the distrust in American institutions, which I think is deserved because a lot of the American institutions don't have the best interest at heart of the people. And that's something that the founding fathers wanted to fight against. Um, but it's interesting because I think as time has gone along, the expectations of government have increased. Because I mean, you, I mean, obviously, you look at back in the eighteen hundreds, our government wasn't big enough to regulate the economy. I mean, and the, the economy has 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 increased as well. So I can't I can't take that away. But you mean and so and even you look at the nineteen hundreds, people weren't really trying to 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 get free healthcare, free college, everything like that. So. I think the the and nowadays you have you have calls for canceling canceling all student loans, free health care, you know, canceling all debt for everything, canceling mortgages, canceling private property. I mean, you have a lot of you have a lot of 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 things that have that have kind of escalated up to to what we are today with our government. Um, and I think it's I think it's an interesting tale because I think our government has naturally fallen short every single time. Most all government programs have not been as successful as they wanted it to be. Maybe I won't say all of them have failed, but all of them have not been successful as they wanted it to be. And that's this is the topic for a different time, but that's why I think that if socialism would be much easier to wrap your arms around if American government was effective at what it, at what at, at doing what it says it's going to do in socialism. But American government has not been effective pretty much at any social programs. So that's why it's it's hard for me to hard for people in general just to wrap their arms around socialism. Um, if there's any socialists out there, please DM me and you can come on the show and we can have a have a nice 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 uh discussion. But um yeah, so the the expectations of government have have increased drastically. The government from when the founding of America to now is is insanely different, but I think I think there's one common link every single time and that I think it's government has fallen short most every single time. Um, another interesting thing I think is that 
you have candidates who, quote unquote, say that they're anti-Washington and they actually tend to do better, such as obviously the biggest one being Trump, who is just supposed to be the biggest anti-Washington, anti-establishment, anti-media, anti-everything person. And he won because he got people riled up. Um, Obama said, you know, when he was running in 2008, he said, I, you know, I don't, I don't really know how this Washington thing goes. Sarah Palin said, you can obviously tell that I'm not a Washington person. So it's interesting that candidates who brand themselves as anti-establishment, anti-Washington, Bernie Sanders, once again, Bernie Sanders was very, I mean, he's, he's been in Washington for a while, but he was very anti-establishment. And I think there's, there's an issue for a lot of people with establishment candidates who have just been in been in Congress forever. They want to keep the status quo. They they're very you know they 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 are the living and breathing definition of the Overton window, and it's I think it tells a lot about America that we we don't like you know we gravitate towards candidates who are supposedly anti Washington. When really I mean most all candidates are corrupt in some, in some form or fashion, most all, I won't say all, but most all. And because we, but we associate Washington government with corruption. And that's a, that's one of the biggest tells I think for America currently for our political situation that we associate corruption with Washington. And I don't, I don't think we've been given a reason not to really. Um, because I mean, but when we do trust in our government, Big plans can be passed. That's the thing. I think that, you know, I've, I've always said that it feels like nothing ever happens in America. It feels like we talk a lot of stuff. We all know that there's issues in America, but nothing really changes because of government, because of a two-party system where it's I'm loyal to my party, not an idea. And so, so nothing really happens. Such as, okay, take education, for example. Um, I've been a huge proponent of education reform. I think most people realize that education needs to be changed. It's not equipping us for the future. It what, what we what we what we learn is not is not truly helpful for for us going into the future. But we don't actually change anything because you get into line. There's a this, you know the superintendent has been there for fifteen years slaving away. To, to become superintendent. He doesn't want to change anything. He doesn't want to risk that million dollar paycheck or the government bureaucrats, you know, who are old, they say, oh, it worked for me. It'll work for them. Or, I mean, or they're like, oh, it, it, it can't happen. Or then they, 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 you know, even if there, even if there's something is somewhat bipartisan, which nothing really is anymore, they find a little, little issues with it and they cancel the whole bill. So I just think that that, that shows a growing lack of trust in our government because because of things like that but when there is trust in our government things can get passed i think that's that's the big thing things can truly get done if we trusted our government but we don't trust our government and they haven't given us a reason to so just okay like lyndon b johnson grasped um, his his great society programs which is i think it was like actually a bigger um it was a bigger change to like social programs and even you know fdr's new deal and then all of that stuff is still intact today. I think Medicare, Medicaid, um, it's a few different things. I'm not entirely sure about all the logistics, but but trust in government was high during L, during LBJ's you know run. Um, but it was but one of the things is I think LBJ kind of kind of abused that trust 
And I think that's one of the big things is that a lot of the trust has been trust in in American government right now is unwarranted because of things like this, where it was, you know, trust and hot trust was high when he said he was going to leave Vietnam, but he was really just escalating the situation in Vietnam or leading up to Watergate. Trust was high in Nixon. People liked Nixon, but then Watergate scandal happened. Um, And, you know, it's funny because I think you look at Watergate, they do way worse stuff now, but of course, we've just gotten used to corruption at this point. Um, but another interesting thing that, that falls along this line of, of, of trust in government, I guess, is that American trust was also incredibly high after World War II when we had an economic boom. And then during the 60s, also very high. And then during the Reagan Revolution, it was also very high. So I think that it's, it's, it's interesting because I think that well, something I was reading says, you know, if, if politicians want to gain back the American trust, they just need to do what – was it Reagan who said it? I think it was. I think it was Reagan. It, it just, it's the economy stupid, right? Was that his thing? Who knows? Um, but that's what they need to do is they just need to focus on the economy. And that will pe- – people, people trust you a lot more when, when you have money in your pockets and you're able to buy good things. That's just how it works. Um, but should we trust our government? This, I think that's, that's the end discussion in all of this. Should we trust our government? My answer personally would be no. Um, I know distrusting government makes it much harder to get things done, but I don't think the government has given us a reason to trust them. Now, if the government, if we had, I mean, especially with, with our current president. Um, so if, if the government did give us a reason to trust them, which they, they very well could, they, but it'd have to be a drastic change, drastic, drastic change in my eyes um, for, for there to be a growing trust in government again. Um, I mean, and, and it could happen. I just, I just, I, I don't, I just doubt it, <laughs> but um, who, who knows? I hope it does. Um, this next topic, though, is kind of a fun topic. I wanted to, I wanted to, I didn't want to just talk about how, how awful government bureaucrats are. We got to get into, uh, got to get into something a little fun. So I was having a conversation with one of my friends. It was probably what a month ago, maybe we were talking about what would your mediocre superpower be? Well, this is, this was a very interesting, interesting idea because then, because then we got into the discussion of what if there was a society full of people with mediocre superpowers, but some people were born with good superpowers? Okay, let me, let me slow down. Let's go with what would your mediocre superpower be? I think mine would be – she actually said this one. Mine would be that I could catch anything because then, I'd be the, then I could go to the NFL and I'd be amazing and I would have millions of dollars. Um, so that would be mine also because I play football and everything like that. So it would be pretty great. But the real interesting idea – is a society full of people with mediocre superpowers and a society of people with mix. So some people have mediocre superpowers and some people have actual superpowers, like, you know, a superhero would. And we started to talk about, you know, what would, what would the class divide be between them? Would, would that be the new classified, class divide? Would that be the, 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 the new racism? Would it be, you know, would there be a group of elites who are superheroes and they run the world? Or, you know, would, would, would the mediocre one be like, you know, they'd be like the 
the the candidate of the working man you know what would you when you go to government what would you do would you give have to give up your powers or would you want uh, someone who had their superpowers in in government um would you i mean there's there's so many there's so many issues would there be would would the schools for the mediocre ones be different from the schools of the of the other ones because because the other ones are deemed as as better or you know more more advanced and and would there eventually be a revolution and an uprising because there's a marginalized group of people with mediocre superpowers? How would that go? Because they're fighting against people with superpowers. So I guess here's what I think a society with mixed superhero, you know, superhero, superpowers and mediocre superpowers would look like. I think over time they'd grow an elite class. Really kind of like our, our society now. Um, they would grow an elite class of, of people with superpowers. And they would be like the corp. They'd be like corporations. I think they would kind of run everything. Um, and then I think there would be a growing divide between. I think there'd be growing inequality, kind of like growing income inequality, like we have now. There'd be growing inequality with mediocre superpowers and the people with superpowers. And I don't think the people with superpowers would have any interest in helping those without superpower I and mean, with the mediocre ones because I don't think they want them to, to, um, you know, be able to advance because they still have superpowers. Like if they, if they all formed a coalition together, they could probably overtake them because, because that'd be the majority, but they, they don't want them to know that they can do that. Now, what I think is interesting is what would the government be? Because would you want some, would you want someone with super, you know, with superpowers in the government? Would you want, would you want someone who is, you know, would there be two different parties and it'd be the, the mediocre superpowers and the, the super superpowers? Um, personally, I would probably think that there would be – I think there wouldn't inherently be like if you're a mediocre, you have to be in this party. If you're not, you have to be in this party. But I think over time, that's what would happen, such as the black vote towards Democrats, you know, the, the businessman vote towards Republicans. Doesn't work, doesn't, doesn't go like that all the time, but the majority of the time, that's, that's the way that it lines. Um, but I'm, one thing I'm wondering is that there'd be like a civil war because that's, that's what I imagine. If there was like a civil war between these two, these two divides because of the, of, of the marginalization, like, and what would that look like? Because it'd be a majority versus a minority, but the minority has a lot of power. I think, you know what? I think next episode, I'm going to like plan this out and I'm going to like draw up a whole society. I'm going to make that, that my entire thing. So this is this was this was literally just off the cusp. Like this is, but next time I'm gonna make an I'm gonna make my full episode dedicated to the 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 intricacies of class divide and um and uh you know government government run programs and society in a superhero world. <laughs> if we lived in a sky high. Um, but all right. Thank you. I know this was kind of a shorter episode. Um, but I hope y'all still enjoyed it. Thank you for joining in. Peace.